And now, from the gleaming spires of Chicago, broadcasting to Niflheim, Svartalfheim, Olympus, throughout the nine worlds and beyond, the only Thor podcast hosted by a true descendant of Odin. You are tuned to the immortal sounds of... Radio Free Asgard. And hello everybody and welcome to Radio Free Asgard. This is episode number 257 and we're coming at you as always from beautiful Chicago, Illinois. My name is Tom Harris. Welcome to the show. Happy Martin Luther King Day for those of you in the States. Uh, for those of you who got the day off, well, good for you. I had to work. <laughs> so <laughs> wrapping up my last week here at my current assignment. And uh, so Wednesday, the day before the show gets published, will be my last day at that current assignment, and then I will be unemployed again, uh, at least until the next assignment, whenever that is. Anyway, so I don't have a whole lot to talk about here at the top of the show. Just a you know, warm welcome to everybody along. If you're new, then you should let us know that you're listening, um, and you can do so by sending us an email. The email address is radiofreeasgard at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook. Look for Radio Free Asgard there, and you will find us. All right. So, like I said, don't have a whole lot to talk about, so let's just go ahead and move along to our review. Cross the rainbow bridge of Asgard, where the booming heavens roar. You'll behold in breathless wonder, the god of thunder, mighty Thor. Indeed, and this week we are looking at the mighty Thor number 191. August of 1971 was the cover date. Cover price, 15 cents. Cover art is John Buscema and Frank Giacoya. Shows a giant Loki bursting out of the top of a building in Asgard. He's got Sif held in his right hand. He's got his uh, left hand up kind of above his head. Looks like he's getting ready to grab Thor. Thor is standing on a nearby rooftop, whipping his hammer around. And, uh, you know, it's a fighty McFightenstein here going on. Uh, Loki is going, ah. Thor's going grr, and we have a cover blurb, the world must crumble when Loki lashes out, a time of evil. We open up to the splash page where we have the title of the story, A Time of Evil, and we have the credits, story by Stan Lee, art by John Buscema, embellishment by Joe Sinnott, lettering by Sam Rosen, so be it. So we pick up where we left off last time, if you recall, we had, uh, Odin, Thor, Sif, and Baldur came back to Asgard after defeating Hela on Earth, and they are confronted by Loki, who has uh, stolen Odin's magical mood ring and is now ruler of Asgard. Again? Yeah, again. And so Loki is sitting on the big golden throne, and he's got his hand thrust out in front of him, and he's showing off his bling to everybody, and he says, the Odin Ring is mine, therefore Loki now rules Asgard. Thou who art king art king no more, so to thee I say, get thee to thy chamber. Loki doth order Odin to sleep the Odin sleep. And Thor's not having any of this. He says, Father, no, thou still art liege. I say thee nay, my son. Was it not I who made the law? Then tis I who must abide. But Loki gained thy ring by trickery, says Thor. Shall evil be thus rewarded? Grant me leave to smite him. 
God of Thunder, say no more. Thou hast heard the will of Loki. And we see Loki sitting on the throne, Carnilla looking kind of slimy next to him, uh, kind of you know, flattering him, I guess. And it looks like Loki's reaching out and patting her on the shoulder or grabbing her arm or something. It's kind of hard to tell. No, actually, it's just not clear from the artwork. It looks like uh, Loki is resting his arm on the armrest, and she's kind of clutching her own shoulder. I guess that's what it is. All right. Father, nay, thine age have sapped thy courage. <laughs> the Loki's laughing at that. Thor will fight, and Thor will die, or Thor will yield to Loki. What? Thou speakest so to Odin? And Odin's not happy with this. Loki, too, is Odin's son. My law doth hold for all. Whilst Loki wears mine Odin ring, let no man say he shall not rule. And ne'er again let mine eyes hear that Odin hath lost his courage. And Odin shoots a magical blast into Thor's face. And Thor's kind of grabbing his jaw and, you know, covering up you know, his mouth there with his hand. And it's, it's kind of smoke leaking out from underneath uh, Thor's uh, hand. Beloved prince, what madness hath turned thy father's hand against thee? Says Sif. Fair Sif, thy loved one cannot speak, for Odin hath made him bereft of mouth and lips. And we see Thor's face, and somebody, probably Vinnie Coletta, has gone in and erased Thor's mouth. So he's just got a blank space where his mouth should be. God of thunder, stand thee back. Thou shalt not strike thy father. And so apparently Thor is not happy about this. No, Thor, no, says Sif. Ah, all goes well this day, Carnilla, says Loki. My liege, thy son meant thee no harm. He only turned to beg forgiveness. And uh, Thor is on the ground, and he's he's begging Odin without saying anything, obviously. Lady Stiff, Odin is thy liege no more. But still have I a father's heart, and still is mighty Thor my son. Upon thy feet, most valiant prince, Mine own deep grief did cloud my judgment. Tis not my courage age hath sapped, but mayhap tis my reason. Thou didst but try to aid thy father, and so I lift thy punishment. For though thy words were harsh, thine heart didst hold no malice. And so he waves his hand, and we get a little bit of a purple Kirby crackle, and we see Thor's mouth growing back. Uh, so now Thor has a mouth again. And now to sleep the Odin sleep go I. Then, sire, farewell, says Thor. Thy son shall stand alone. And Sif is there. She says, not so, my lord. Sif stands as well. What is to be shall be, Kesarasara. The stage is set, the players nigh, and time shall run its course, says Odin. And he goes off to his, uh, his Asgardian racing car bed, as seen in, in prior issues. And we then cut back to uh, Loki and Carnilla, where they are standing, scheming. They think to defy Loki. But thou hast the power, says Carnilla. The Odin ring is thine. Tis well, Carnilla. Much sport of this shall Loki make. Even now my crafty brain doth formulate a plan. The Thunder God shall face a foe, as none have faced before. And Thor leaps forward in a dramatic pose. Prince of evil, hear my words. If the Odin ring doth give thee power, no longer shalt thou wear it. And he goes to attack Loki, and Carnilla says, Son of Odin, hold! None may challenge him who wears the ring. But tis not his, by deed nor gift. What hath been seized must be retrieved, and the thunder god shall do it. 
and Loki's backing up uh, like he's afraid of Thor, and he's got got this like squinty eye look on his face, very very zombie summer looking squinty eye look. Closer, brother, grasp my hand. Now shall Loki show thee how hopeless is thy plight. Thine hand is locked; it cannot move. The ring doth hold it helpless, and so uh, Thor can't move his hand once he's grabbed Loki's wrist. And then uh, Loki makes his hand grow really huge. And he says, But with a thought my own can grow to any size I will it. And now he has this huge, enormous hand, uh, which probably weighs more than the whole rest of him, but yet he does not fall over. He actually smacks Thor with it into the wall, makes a big, uh, uh, big hole in the wall. Whilst on my finger sits the ring, tis I who am the power. And Sif is like, yeah, we got to fight. And she says, Baldur, quick, grasp thee thine sword. Not even Thor can long survive such merciless attack. Alas, my lady, Baldur may not act. Seeking to save the Thunder God when Helad on earth didst menace him, I pledged to serve Carnilla. And now, since she be Loki's alley, I may not break my pledge. If honor stays thy hand, then Baldur, stand aside. No such pledge hath Sif ever made. And she grabs Baldur's sword right out of its scabbard, <laughs> and she's going to attack Loki. And uh, I should have mentioned that, that Sif is dressed in this really skimpy white dress thing. It looks like something that, that they might wear on Paradise Island. And uh, Loki is, has you know, turned his fist into a giant hand, and he's holding Thor against the wall, crunching Thor. And he says, Accursed brother, long have I dreamed of this moment of triumph. And Sif lunges forward, swinging the sword. She says, Villain, thou shalt dream no more, not whilst Sif doth live and breathe. Then Sif shall die, if Loki wish it. Yet thou art too fair for such a fate, for I have other plans for thee. And Loki grows really big, kind of like Colossal Boy from the Legion. And Sif has to speak the obvious, of course. Before my eyes thy body grows. Aye, the better to seize thee, beauteous one. And he's gotten really big, so he's kind of crammed up against the ceiling. And uh, it, sounds, it looks really uncomfortable. And he uh, reaches out with his left hand, and he grabs Sif and picks her up. And then he bursts through the ceiling as he continues to grow. Now, as Balder pledged loyalty to the mystic Carnilla, wilt thou swear fealty to none but Loki? Never! Not though I die a thousand deaths! In thy case, one will sure suffice. And as he gets bigger, all of a sudden, a lightning bolt comes striking out of the clouds. Gee, I wonder where that came from. It hits Loki right in the face, and he's going, Argh! Take heart, my lady. Thor is with thee still. The thunder god doth rule the storm, and I be god of thunder. Which is very redundant but anyway uh, he, he's uh, calling lightning down and he's uh, smashing Loki over and over again in the face and the hand with, with lightning which uh, eventually event causes him to open his hand and drop Sif and she's falling uh, you know, quite, quite a long way because Loki's gotten really big fear not Sif thy prince shall catch thee says Thor and he reaches out and he grabs her and saves her and then Loki decides he has enough being a giant, and he shrinks back down to normal size. And Thor, of course, has to speak the obvious, as he often does in Stanley scripted stories. So, thou hast to normal size returned, then we shall battle man to man. 
Thou art a fool as ever, Thor. Thinkest thou Loki will battle fair? Be it fair or foul, it matters not, says Thor. The Thunder God shall best thee. And he goes rushing forward, and they strike, and we see a bunch of Asgardians standing around a few blocks away. It's like fragments of the building go flying up in the air. And we get a little bit of, of uh, dialogue here. Very uh, sort of Jack Kirby-ish looking guards here. Within yon regal palace still doth rage the battle. But to what avail? Only by him who wears the ring can victory be won. And tis evil Loki, the merciless and mad, who wears the jewel of power. Whilst Odin sleeps, the Odin sleep. A world may end in carnage. And we cut to Odin in his racing car bed. And it's not so much a Viking ship bed this time. It's more like a... Well, it kind of looks like a racing car bed, really. And he's he's back in his adorable fur onesie. It's like, I miss the adorable fur onesie. And, um, yeah, he's, he's sleeping like a baby. And we shift back to the battle, and we see Mjolnir smashing a pillar down, trying to get Loki, and Loki's standing there. Um, the pillar kind of explodes with a zgack, and Loki says, Fool! Thinkest thou thy hammer tossed can strike the lordly Loki? I say thee yea, says Thor. And I say nay, and Loki is the victor. And Loki changes the lower half of his body into some sort of uh, energy or something, and the hammer passes through him, leaving Loki unharmed. And Loki gets an idea, and he says, But why should I do battle when I do wear the ring? My person is too sacred to sully it in combat. Thus I shall watch whilst Thor doth fight a different foe, which only Loki can provide. And Loki summons up a pair of, like, metal hands just kind of floating in the air. So these are, like, they look almost like the Destroyer's hands, but they're, they're not really. But they're blue, they look like they're made of metal, they've got some kind of wrapping on them with spikes on it so he's got spiked knuckles and yeah it looks like they're uh, they're kind of able to fly independently so these two uh, fake hands are flying after thor thor takes loki kind of pushes her behind away my lady this be no place for thee thor must fight as ne'er before and he needeth room for battle and he gets punched by one of these hands with a throck and uh, one of the hands grabs a hold of his face and is pushing him down to the floor. Uh, he kind of bashes one of the hands underneath the hammer uh, with a batong, and the other one is flying above. And uh, he breaks one of the hands uh, with the hammer, and then the other hand, which it looks like it's the left hand, uh, seizes his hammer and flies away. And I guess because this isn't like a being, um, it can lift the hammer. So it's like like a I don't know how that works. It's so it's it's like a machine, so it, it, it can do it. My hammer hath been seized, says Thor, and it the uh, hand is trying to strike him with his own hammer, smashes the wall behind him with a thapoom, and Thor's able to dodge. In truth, no man's skill or speed can be a match for mystical enchantment. Urgh! And the uh uh, the, 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 the hand strikes Thor across the face with Mjolnir and knocks Thor down. And we cut to uh, Loki and Carnilla's behind him. Looks like she's uh, massaging his shoulders or something. And Balder and Sifra also there. Carnilla, I can bear no more, says Balder. I pray thee, release me from my pledge. I must aid the Thunder God. How say thee, Loki, says Carnilla. The pledge must stand. 
Loki, though thy heart be evil, still art thou his brother. I beg thee, cease thy magic, says Sif. Aye, cease it I will, when the god of thunder hath been crushed. Loki is liege, and Loki is lord, and mine is the will alone. But hold, Loki can be merciful. Since he is my brother, I shall send Thor aid. And he kind of grabs Sif around the face, like he's like caressing her. And she says, If thou speakest the truth... Loki does not lie, says Loki. Well, we know that that's not true. And we shift scenes to a far, far distant world, says the caption. It is a planet in Kirby space, and there are all, all these purple ape things on it. And they look pretty savage, and they're all fighting the Warriors 3. So we have uh, Fandral, Hogan, and Volstagg. And they're in a pitched battle with these things. And Hogan is like, behind thee, Fandral. Hogan, no! Like they cannot steal my blade. Brave Volstagg's sword is lost, alas. Yet each time I fall, another foe is duly crushed. So, so they're fighting these purple things. Though Loki sent us here to die, we live! We live! If our exile lasts a thousand years, says Hogan, for a thousand years we'll fight. And stay ye now, what wonderment assails mine eyes. And the purple things are disappearing, and they, they are vanishing like the invisible girl in the sort of dotted lines. And he says, our foes do fade and slowly vanish, even as we watch. And then we have a giant face of Loki appear in the sky above them. And he says, "'Twas the doing of Loki. I now have other plans for thee. So back to Asgard shall ye go, to aid thy hapless prince. And Loki waves his hand and casts a little spell. And the warriors three are sent back to the Asgard throne room, where Thor is still fighting the uh, disembodied hand holding Mjolnir. And we see... Um, uh, them just kind of appear, and the hand is flying around trying to hit Thor with his hammer. And I shall watch as you and he are each one felled in battle, says Loki. The evil one hath spake the truth. The mighty Thor is sorely pressed. Then to his side we fly. Hogan, stand thee back. And uh, Fandral throws his sword, uh, trying try to uh, skewer the hand, and he says, Fandral's skill shall save the day. But there be not to match it. And he manages to uh, skewer the, the hand by its wrist. Looks like it's going to pin it to a wall, but it doesn't do any good. The hand is still flying around. And um, Hogan says, "'Twas to no avail. Since the hand be enchanted, no thrust of ours will stop it. And uh, Volstagg and Hogan are trying to pick a Thor off the ground. Thor says, "'Hogan, Volstagg, get thee back.' With the fateful Odin ring, Loki hath turned my hammer against us. And we see Balder trying to keep Sif safe from the flying hand. But though he hath the power, he still doth lack the skill. Both hand and hammer have gone wild. They blast at random, as if, Ugh! And just at that moment, they are blasted by an energy blast from the hammer and uh, knocks uh, Sif and Balder out of the picture for the moment. Fandral is still kind of jumping around like Errol Flynn, who he's based on, and he says, "'Tis lethal madness here unleashed, but daring may save us yet. One leap, one thrust, and the hand be mine.'" And he reaches up and he grabs the hand, and the hand is flying around, 
and it's trying to get Fandral off, and it bashes him against the wall. And Loki says, But not for long, a cursed warrior. Not whilst Loki can command it to dash thee against yon wall. And that's exactly what it sounds like. And the Carnilla is, is kind of, she's being critical now of Loki. She says, Prince of Evil, thy method is too crude. Surely thou canst devise a fate more fitting for thy foes. Thy words are true, Carnilla. Loki wearies of the sport. And so by the power of my ring, the mystic hand shall crumble. And the hand goes uh, flying apart. And at the same time, Fandral's sword goes flying apart as well. So it's destroyed. But the hammer is okay. Thor, of course, having to speak the obvious because it's a Stanley script. The onslaught hath ended. And uh, Hogan and, and Volstagg are getting up off the floor. Oh, 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 oh. None can stand against the Odin ring. Loki doth but toy with victims such as we. But let us show how victims can fight back, says Thor. Mjolnir shall yet be mine. And he leaps forward to grab the hammer. And he gets pushed back by Loki's ring. And he says, not whilst the Odin ring is mine. Now fly thee back, O helpless Thor. My ring shall pin thee against the wall till I be ready to seal thy fate. And smacks him against the wall. Thine allies, too, shall live for now. Loki hath no need for haste. But mine Odin ring will now ensure that none shall interfere. As for thee, be patient, brother. My mind now bursts a plan. And we see he's kind of binding up the, the warriors three in some kind of magic, and Thor is pinned up against the wall and he can't move. Sif says, Thor is helpless. Loki means to slay him. No, oh no, it must not be. Hold fair Sif, says Balder, and bide thy time. Carnilla, thou shalt aid me now. And he grabs Carnilla's cheek and, and is being all sexist. <laughs> and she says, Thy word is law, for Loki wears the ring. What is thy plan, my lord? I plan the death of Thor. Now gather thee the magic that thou dost possess, the magic known to none save the mystic Norn. Harness all thy power, and let it be unleashed. And we see Carnilla uh, gathering all of her power in the middle of her forehead, and a big old blast coming out, a big old purple Kirby crackle, and um, it, it's making this big, like, cloud at the one end of the room. I know thy love for Balder. It doth please me to think how he will suffer, knowing that thou hast helped slay Thor. Thus Loki wreaks revenge upon all. And so there's a, a figure forming in this purple Kirby Crackle cloud, a big, big muscular arm and a, a hand with, like, sharp talons on it. Now with thy spell I bid thee mold a form, for Loki would create a man. Oh my. And he shall have power such as none have ever known. Power now to crush the life from Thor. And we see more of the uh, the creatures. We got big sturdy legs, big kind of burly build. Strong let him stand and ever proud, for he shall serve the lordly Loki. And we see he's got a very kind of Thanos-like face. Faster, Norn Queen, faster! Mine eyes do ache to view what thou hast wrought. 
and we see uh, he finally she finally finishes casting the spell, and we end up with a big burly bald dude wearing sort of a warrior's singlet and not much else. So he's a scantily clad big burly dude. A kind of face like Ernest Borgnine. So, yeah, it's real real hot. Kind of Kirby-esque, though, and as, as a lot of these designs are. "'Tis done, my lord. I have fashioned thee a man, with limbs far stronger than the strongest steel. But though each fibre and sinew have power beyond compare, still stands he motionless, for he lacks the gift of life. "'Not for long, Carnilla. Thine handiwork hath done thee proud, and now tis Loki's turn.' Since gods and men alike are impressed by names dramatic, all shall call thee Durok the Demolisher, for such shall be thy task. And now the mystic Odin ring shall call thee forth to life, for neither heart nor soul I give, and thou shalt feel no mercy. And Loki shoots a ray beam out of his ring into the eye of this guy. Ouch. And the... uh, Kirby crackles now yellow, kind of uh, coruscating around uh, Durok's head. And Thor's trying to stop Loki now. He says, Loki, thou hast made a monster. Think the carnage he shall cause. Indeed, doomed brother, such is my purpose. And his first victim shall be thee. And Thor drops to the floor. And he says, the spell is ended. I am free once more. Now Durok shall face the hammer of Thor. And Thor reaches and grabs the hammer, and he's going after Durok and not having any luck. He bashes Mjolnir against him with a bakum, and it doesn't seem to affect Durok at all. Thou dost strike, and still he stands. In the demolisher thou hast met thy match. But now Loki hath other plans for him. And the demolisher vanishes, and because this is a Stanley script, Thor says, The demolisher hath vanished. But whither hath he gone, and why? Where hast thou sent him, evil one? Where he shall do the greatest harm. Durak hath gone to Earth! And we see, you know, like the comet sort of teleportation of Durak going to Earth. Looks like, uh, from the uh, illustration, looks like he's going to Arkansas, which could stand to be destroyed a little bit. And once there, he shall attack and slay everything that lives. Nay! It cannot be, says Thor. It must not be. Mankind is mine to safeguard. Then hie thee earthward, brother, and tend thee to thy duty. If earth be threatened, Thor must fly. And he whirps his hammer around, does the Ajax White Tornado thing, and he takes off to earth. And Loki is very pleased by this. He says, The fool hath snapped at Loki's bait. And Sif speaks up. Thou didst create the demolisher for one true purpose. Tis he who shall kill the thunder god. I say thee, yay, says Loki. He's laughing. Nothing shall save my brother now. His doom is truly sealed. Durak was born for naught but death, and Thor shall never return. Next issue... Hell on Earth, and that is the Mighty Thor number 191. We have a few things to say about this issue. Yeah, we certainly do. But first, we have a message from one of our friends. I'm Captain Benjamin Sisko. Welcome to Deep Space Nine. Red alert! All crew members report to battle stations. Red alert. Shields up. 
bookshelves. You're startling officers. Now start acting like it. Oh, it's just Garrett. Plain, simple Garrett. Dax, we might have just discovered the first stable wormhole known to exist. The wormhole does bring them our way, doesn't it? Everyone wants a piece of the new frontier. This will shortly become a leading center of commerce and of scientific exploration. Starfleet, one of our most important posts. Quite a motley crew you've assembled here, Benji. Listen to The Prophets, a Deep Space Nine podcast. And here are your hosts, Andrew Leyland and Paul Spataro. Bloody hell. Oh, I love a woman in uniform. Only on TwoTrueFreaks.com. And we're back. And of course, we have a few things to say about the issue, as we always do. Okay, well, it's a slightly better issue than last time, I have to say. It is still pretty cliche, and it's still pretty lame. Uh, It is a typical late Stanley story. Again, this is nothing we haven't seen before. Loki takes over Asgard. Loki creates a big monster to kill Thor. Loki sends the big monster to Earth. I guess if there's one real twist in the story, it's Carnilla's role in all this. Um, It's interesting that Carnilla is serving Loki so willingly because I think that in the past we've seen that she really isn't that big a follower. And, you know, she doesn't like Loki that much and doesn't really want to follow him that much. So one makes, you know, one might think that maybe she has some sort of ulterior motive for doing so. Um, So it'll be interesting to see how that uh, turns out. The uh, design of Duroc is is really uninspiring, I have to say. I mean, he, he looks like a cross between that old movie star Tor Johnson and Ernest Borgnine. And he's wearing a very impractical sort of Kirby-esque it's, a, it's like a unitard, but it looks like it's made of metal. It looks like it kind of, kind of be painful to wear. It looks like it would chafe rather badly, especially in the inner thighs. Uh, yeah, it doesn't look like a, uh, a very nice person, but I guess uh, you know the, um, the chafing on his inner thighs would probably make him meaner. Um, I like the design that uh, the Busoma gave Loki's new uh, costume. I think I mentioned that earlier. The the artwork, by and large, is is pretty standard. It's pretty good. Uh, Joe Sinnott makes it look good anyway. I, I get the impression, again, that this is kind of a rush job, but Sinnott's inks really do save it. Looks a lot less like Sal this time around, so I'm wondering if you know if my theory is, is correct that he was doing art assists on those earlier Thors. Uh, again, you know, Sinnott does great Kirby Crackle. We get a lot of that in here. Um one wonders how dumb Loki is. I mean, he's written as being kind of adult, and maybe that's just Stan and and his, his lazy writing at this point. But it's not, you know, he's you, you kind of trying to follow the logic that that Loki is using because he it always seems like he's trying to give Thor a chance even though he says that he's trying to destroy Thor. You know, if he was going to destroy Thor, he wouldn't have summoned the Warriors 3. So it makes you wonder about, you know, his paraphilias, you know. You kind of wonder what makes Loki tick, why he's motivated to do the things he's doing. Is he giving himself an out in case Odin wakes up and comes back? I I don't know. 
I'm tempted to say it's really just because Stan is being very lazy in his scripting and he's not thinking of these things and he has pages to fill. So he has to have something else happen in order to fill a couple of pages. And that's kind of how this reads to me. Um, other than that, I really don't have a lot to say. Again, you know, it's kind of a lame story. Uh, artwork, by and large, pretty good. Coloring is actually really nice in this issue. Uh, they, they're not doing colorist credits yet, but I'm assuming that it's uh, Giacoya or, uh, you know, one of the other production people who's doing it. Um, it actually is a, a very nice-looking issue, if, if you look at it as a whole. Um, the Loki growing giant thing bothers me a little bit because you know when you grow your hand to be twice as big as the rest of your body it really would pull the rest of you over and you know so how is loki able to stand when his hand is that big that bothers me a little bit and i do think i was going to talk about the hammer yeah um we you know have pretty firmly established at this point that if thor lets go of the hammer for 60 seconds even in asgard he'll change back to don blake and he lets go of the hammer for it looks at least a couple of minutes here uh, while the, ha- the hand is flying around trying to kill him. You know, so I, I'm, I'm thinking that uh, Stan forgot. <laughs> um, or, or maybe maybe he's going to make an excuse. Well, that doesn't work while he's in Asgard. But I think we've actually seen it before while he's been in Asgard. And I could be wrong about that. I'm wrong about a lot of things. Anyway, that's about it for this week, folks. Once again, thanks very much for listening. We really do appreciate it. And uh, with that, I am back over the Rainbow Bridge, back to Midgard, and we'll see you next time here on Radio Free Asgard. You have been listening to Radio Free Asgard, a production of Tom Harris USA Productions, which is totally responsible for its content. The Mighty Thor and all associated characters are mostly copyright Marvel Comics, The stories presented are done so for educational, review, and entertainment purposes only. No ownership is implied. The silly voices, however, well, they're all me. Musical selections from Eden, the invincible sword of the Elfsmith, are copyright Mott's Vent and are used with permission. If you like what you've heard on the show, we hope you'll leave us a review on iTunes, tell your friends, or even join our Facebook group. We really love hearing from our listeners, and we appreciate all of your support. Thanks once again very much for listening to Radio Free Asgard.